Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the book of James with this message entitled, Abraham's Saving Faith, preached September the 22nd, 2013. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to James chapter 2, verse 20. We want to speak to you about the saving, living faith of Abraham. The Bible says, you who believe in Jesus Christ are Abraham's children and heirs according to the promise. Your father is Abraham. We are the real children of Abraham. Not just physically descended from him, but we walk in the footsteps of faith of Abraham. St. Paul and St. James, St. James the Lord's brother, agree that without saving faith in Jesus Christ, no one can be saved. Repentance and obedient faith are divine gifts to those who are born of God. Jesus said you must be born again. Born from above, born of the Holy Spirit. So those who believe in Jesus Christ, they are blessed. James says they love God by keeping his commandments. They live a righteous life. James 1 verse 20. They hear and do the word of God. James 1 They truly believe in their glorious Lord Jesus Christ. They are rich in faith. They obey the law of love. Their faith in Jesus Christ is not dead, non-saving, worthless, useless, fruitless, or demonic. True believers demonstrate their true faith by good works. Antinomians are false believers who argue for a faith that has no accompanying obedience. James rejects such unbiblical point of view. He says in James 3 and verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you? In other words, who is a believer? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. James 3 verse 17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven, that is from the Holy Spirit, is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit. According to St. Paul and St. James, saving faith is 
trusting faith which is also active faith that do the will of our Lord Jesus Jesus calls us to come unto him and rest but that's not all what he said he as Lord commands us to take my yoke upon you and learn from me for my yoke is easy and my burden is light friends Jesus is Lord and his subjects must trust in him and do what he tells you he has been given all authority by his father so his baptized disciples are to be taught to obey all things I have commanded you this is exactly what apostle Paul was commanded to do that is to call the Gentiles to the obedience of faith the Lord Jesus demands trust and obedience from his subjects those who refuse shall be sent away to the torment of hell did did he say hell (laughs) that's exactly what I said you are going to be sent to hell if you don't believe in Jesus Christ alone and prove your faith by obedience the Lord Jesus commands us not only to hear his word but cheerfully do that St. Paul tells us in Galatians 5 and verse 6 true saving faith works mightily through love Paul in Romans 3.28 speaks of initial faith that justifies us that faith rests in Christ alone without any works of the law such as circumcision we are justified declared righteous by imputing Christ's righteousness to us thus we become members of his church but James speaks of those who are members of the church how they must live by loving one another with a love that fulfills the law of our Lord Jesus Christ friends basis ground foundation of our justification is rest in Christ but proof of our justification is good works which always accompanies saving faith so I want to speak to you three points the faith of a foolish man the man with an empty head the saving faith of Abraham then 
The third point is a timeless truth. So first is what? The faith of the empty head. O anthrope kene. Or Calvin, I quote Calvin, O humanis inanis. Empty head faith. Empty heads are those who come to church but turn the mind off. Empty head. Remain empty head. For 37 years and he died. Empty head died. So James now gives evidence to the objector who argued foolishly that one can have faith without any works of obedience. 218 and 19 and also in verse 20. In verse 20 he calls this heretic empty head. So I say all evangelical antinomians are empty heads who argue that one can be justified by a mental ascent faith without repentance or any obedience all of one's Christian life. Jesus called such people blind fools. Matthew 23 and Verse 17. He called the two disciples who were going to Emmaus, who did not believe in the fact of his resurrection, he called them foolish and slow of heart. Friends, empty heads are those who refuse to search the scriptures to know God's plan of salvation. They are morally and intellectually deficient. Calvin calls them O hominis inanis. The faith of empty heads is a sham. So we read in 1 Corinthians 2.14 The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually interpreted. And Second Corinthians 4 verse 4. The God of this age has what sir? Blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. Who is the image of God. Friends, faith comes by hearing the truth-filled preaching. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 5, we do not preach ourselves. You go to some of these mega evangelical churches, they entertain you. They preach about themselves. They preach about everything else but the gospel. 2 Corinthians 4, 5, for we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. Ministers who are empty heads, such ministers are the false prophets 
whom Jeremiah condemned. They preach lies. Giving people false hopes. They always oppose the word of God. They like some politicians speak what people want to hear. They preach a dead faith. A contentless faith. So point to the saving faith of our father Abraham. Now in verse 21 through 23 of chapter 2 of James. He gives evidence that a faith apart from works does not work. Does not say it is fruitless. Now he cites the faith of Abraham who is the father of all believers. James makes reference to Abraham's sacrifice of Isaac which we read about in Genesis 22. James is saying that Abraham was justified by his costly obedience by his sacrifice of Isaac which God demanded. 30 years after his faith in God we read in Genesis 15, 5 and 6. His obedience to God's command to sacrifice his Isaac to burn him up in worship on the altar was demonstrating, validating the truthfulness and authenticity of the faith by which he trusted God in Genesis 15 and verse 6. He believed God who made the proposition to him. What proposition? He took him outside and said, look up at the heavens and count the stars if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offsprings be. I am going to give you multitudes of children. He believed that proposition God made to him when he did not have any children. God promised him multitudes of children when he had none. He believed God and it was reckoned unto him as righteousness. Then God waited until the bodies of Abraham and Sarah became as good as dead. Incapable of having children. What should they do? What could they do? Should they call God a liar? Who promised their multitudes of children. What does the scripture say? Romans 4, 18 through 22, we read, Against all hope Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, So shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and Sarah's womb was also dead. Verse 22. 
yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of god but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to god being fully persuaded that god had the power to do what he had promised they kept on believing god who promised they believed god had the power to do what he promised friends god is the god of resurrection he will fulfill his promise by raising abraham and sarah from the dead and empower them to have children so he did and in due time isaac was born to the great joy and celebration of his parents now god commands abraham to sacrifice the teenager isaac as a token of his wholehearted love and devotion for god so he left for mount moriah to sacrifice his isaac the son whom he loved by faith he will do it and prove in his life the reality of luke 10 and verse 27 where we read love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself love the lord with all your heart your soul your strength all your mind abraham told his servants stay here with the donkey while we go over there top of mount moriah we go there we will worship there and we will come back to you a profound faith statement isaac wondered about the lamb they did not have for sacrifice abraham trusted god and said to him jehovah jireh that's what we read in matthew chapter 6 verse 33 seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well jehovah jireh god will provide he bound isaac and placed him on the wood on the altar and he raised his knife to kill his son in obedience to god and in the nick of time the lord stopped him genesis 22 verse 12 do not lay a hand on the boy do not do anything to him now i know that you fear god that you believe god that you love god because you have not withheld from me your son your only son his faith of chapter 15 verse 6 was tested and was proven true by his implicit wholehearted obedience and god also renewed 
his promise. Chapter 22 verse 15 through 18. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said. I swear by myself declares the Lord that because you have done this and have not withheld your son. Your only son I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. And his faith was tested many times. But the test in Genesis 22 was the last. Yes, he provided a ram for sacrifice. He spared Isaac. But for Isaac and for our sakes, he did not spare his own son, our Lord Jesus. Yes, he trusted God's promise of 15 verse 5. And he trusted God's promise of chapter 17 verse 16 and 19. That says, I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. King of peoples, kings of peoples will come from her. Then God said, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. Yes, he went to Mount Moriah exercising his mind in God's promises. He says God is infinite, personal, almighty God who created the whole world out of nothing by his command. God is truth. God cannot lie. Death to him is no problem. He is the God of resurrection. And so we read in Hebrews 6 verse 13 and 14. When God made his promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater for him to swear by. He swore by himself saying. I will surely bless you. And give you many descendants. Yes sir. As he was going to Mount Moriah. He was thinking sir. He was considering the whole revelation. That he received from God. And in in the Greek text we read Hebrews eleven nineteen Logis Seminos Hoti Kayak Necron Egeirain Dunatos Odeos reasoning that God is mighty to raise my son Isaac even from the dead that God's promises to me might be fulfilled. 
Had Abraham not obeyed this God's command to sacrifice Isaac, his faith of Genesis 15, 6 would have been proven to be dead faith. Empty faith. Non-saving faith. Demonic faith. Worthless faith. His work of obedience proved that his initial justifying faith was authentic. James speaks of the testing of our faith in chapter 1, verse 2 and 4. And it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. It tells you, Your faith will be tested many times in your life. Your faith in God. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Lacking in nothing. Professor Cranfield, C.E.B. Cranfield, he tells this. Abraham's works were the product and expression of his faith and its completion. In the sense, without them, it would not have been real faith. This is what Paul says in Galatians 5, 6. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. Alla pistis diagapes energumene. But faith works mightily through love. Friends, God demands costly obedience, even our martyrdom. So he demanded that Peter demonstrate his love for the master by his death, by crucifixion. So he calls each one of us to do the same. Matthew 16, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, He must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it, sir. Faith and works are always joined. Trust and obey. They are joined as branches to the vine for fruitfulness dead faith has no obedience saving faith is trusting faith and therefore working faith he who confesses Christ as Lord obeys the Lord always Abraham was justified by works in one sense in the sense that his sacrifice of his son proved the faith that justified him initially was true and not a false, self-generated, dead faith. Good works always follow living 
saving dynamic faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. James in chapter 2 verse 22 asked the empty head man this question. Don't you see empty head man? That Abraham's original faith was helping to produce his works of obedience all his life. Don't you see it? The empty head must answer, yes, sir. I understand that faith cannot be separated from works of obedience. And the empty head man must say, I'm sorry for my ignorance. And James also says, by Abraham's works, his faith was perfected. So true faith in our Lord Jesus Christ points to works of obedience and works of obedience makes perfect the faith. Faith and works are complementary with an E. They are two sides of the same coin where there is faith, obedience follows. Like the husband is the complement of the wife and vice versa. Hebrews 11 speaks that all those who believed obeyed God. How do you make your calling and election sure? Simple answer. Do you obey your Lord Jesus Christ whom you confessed and in whose name you were baptized? I ask the question, do you believe in Jesus Christ? Then I say to you, do what he says. Pastor Daniel Doriani speaks of four ways of looking at salvation. Three are false and one is true. First, your works produce salvation. That's false. Second, Your faith plus your works produce salvation. False. Third, the evangelical antinomian view. Faith produces salvation without any obedience. Without any good works. But the true position is faith that is true living faith in our Lord Jesus Christ produces salvation plus works of obedience. That's the position. Correct and biblical. Trusting faith is growing faith and working faith. And the works which we do are really God's work. They are works of grace So God alone receives glory. So we read in John 15 verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And 2 Corinthians 9, 8, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Good work is God's work. 
1 Corinthians 15:10 but by the grace of God I am what I am and his grace to me was not without effect no i worked harder than all of them yet not i but the grace of god that was with me philippians 2:12 and 13 therefore my dear friends as you have always obeyed not only in my presence but now much more in my absence continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling because it is god who works in you to will and to do according to his good purpose friends trust and what's a obey for there is no other way to glorify god and to enjoy him forever genesis 22 costly obedience of abraham was fulfilling the scripture of genesis 15:6 by validating that his initial faith was saving justifying faith a faith that does not obey jesus christ is not justifying faith but abraham's obedience proved that he was truly justified when he trusted in god first in genesis 15:6 all his sins were forgiven at that time he was reconciled to god he enjoyed peace and fellowship with the god so he is called friend of god so all true believers are friends of god isn't that wonderful sir god is our friend friends walk together friends always fellowship jesus said in john 15 you are my friends if you do what i command i no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business instead i have called you friends for everything that i learned from my father i have made known to you there is communion and communication how can amos says how can two walk together unless they agree we enjoy fellowship with god and therefore with all god's people that's what this church practices we love god and we love god's people we are all friends since we fellowship with god and god's people we do not fellowship with the world which is ruled by the god of this world so james says in james 4 verse 4 you are adulterous people don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward god anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of god and i am telling you if you are a friend of god you cannot have friendship with the wicked world You listen to me. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? You want to hear more? Second Corinthians says, "Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between the temple of God and idols?" Therefore come out from them and be separate says the Lord 
touch no unclean thing. I will receive you. I'll be a father to you. And you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Listen to this. Not contextualization and conformity to the world, but transformation to the likeness of Christ by biblical thinking. That's what we need. What is required of true believers is not courting the world, conforming to the world. We are to be in the world as the light of the world, as friends of God. We walk with God as Enoch did because we think his thoughts and do his will. Separation, sir. Holiness. That's what the Bible speaks about. Now the third, a timeless truth. In verse 24, James teaches a timeless truth. James believed that only by faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, we are saved and experience the blessings of the kingdom. This faith enables us to love God by the works of obedience. So he tells all believers the truth of verse 24. A man is justified by works and not by what? Faith alone. That's the stupid headman said. We are justified by faith alone. Without any works. But now he says no. The objector argued for a faith without works. James is teaching that saving faith that justifies is an obedient faith, not a dead or demonic faith. James is not arguing for a justification by works. He is teaching what Jesus and all the apostles taught, a justification by faith alone, but a faith that justifies never remains alone. It is a faith that works the work of God. James is opposing ungodly, demonic antinomianism. Cheap faith by cheap grace. James also is speaking of a final judgment based on a faith that produces good works. For we read in the Bible, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Friends, Luther himself said in his preface to his commentary on Romans, this is what he said, whoever does not do such good works, however, is an unbeliever. A Christian who disobeys Jesus Christ is what, sir? Who said that, sir? Luther said it. And I'll tell you what Calvin said. This is what Calvin said in his institutes. As Paul contends that we are justified apart from the help of works, So James does not allow those who lack good works to be reckoned righteous. Friends, 
I conclude by saying this to you. Pay attention. So make your calling and election sure by answering this question. Do I hear and do the will of my Lord Jesus Christ? Answer that question and make your calling and election sure. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for this church where the word is preached. And we pray that you help us to understand those whom God justifies will glorify God by doing the will of God immediately, exactly, and with great delight. In Jesus' name, amen.